Well, good morning. Welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It is great to see you today. Hopefully, everybody's doing well. Everybody good? All right, man. Everybody's awake, and this is good. This is going to be a good time. I, I said my my assistant is my my daughter, my oldest, and so she's with me in the back. And I said, "Hey, I, this should be a pretty short message." And she smiled and she said, "Dad, you always say that, and it's always." <laughs> long when you say that. I said, well, I really mean it this time. She goes, I know that you mean it. That's what's really cute that you believe that, Dad, but <laughs> we'll see you in about 45 minutes. So hopefully it won't be that long. But anyhow, today I'm gonna, we're starting a brand new series called Red Flags, and we're talking about relationships. And so it's going to be this week over the next five weeks. Hope you'll continue to join us. And anytime you do a relationship series, there is all kinds of things that go through your mind. Some of you are like, Great, we're going to talk about dating and these types of things, and I've been married for 25 plus years. Or we're going to talk about marriage, and we're going to talk about kids and family, and I'm single. And I, man, I, I would love to be married, or I don't want to be married, but this is what you're going to talk about for the next few weeks. What, what am I going to do? I really think that we're going to endeavor in these messages to give something that applies to everybody in a weekend uh, in any one of our gatherings. And so I think you're going to find that as we're talking about relationships— we're, we're, we're looking at the struggles and that we all have because <laughs> we're broken people. And so when broken people try to connect, we, we don't always do it correctly and we don't always get it right. And, um, and the truth of the matter is, is that there's problems and no one's perfect. And, and, and unless you think you are, and then you're really messed up, right? So, um, and, and, but as you go along, you just, well, what does the Bible say about this? And so I, I don't want to be a talking head, but I want, to be, I, I want to give you some things in this series that are going to help you as a person, because I don't think you can, you can be in a healthy relationship if you're not healthy. Uh, I don't think you can be in a growing, nurturing relationship if you're not growing and nurturing. I, I think you, you kind of attract who and what you are. And so that's one thing for you. Uh, if you're, if you're never been married, you're, you're young, you're whatever, you're, or, or old, doesn't matter, but you're you're going to be able to think about some things in yourself. If you're in a relationship, whether it's marriage or, or whether it's dating, whether you're divorced, whether you're single, whether you're, you're going to get to think about in context of how does this apply and what does God's word say? And so I would, for a few minutes uh, in these messages, I would really think about what is the so what for me? Not in a selfish way, but in, in kind, of, kind of for me. And so, so today I'm going to talk about the, the phrase, you complete me, right? And so this is being the week of Valentine's. Um, rom-coms are just like, you know, romantic comedies are like on the rise. You look at Henny, like what's streaming, what's going up, Netflix, everything. It's just all of this stuff, right? So anyhow, like just blow things up, right? That's, and just shoot people. Not really, but you know what I'm saying? Like get, get, give me some... Anyhow, I'm, I've already stepped into it. So <laughs> let me give you top 10 rom-com statements uh, from, from famous movies. And this may help some of you as you go and this week. Anyhow, you may need some chips with this cheese. I don't know. But it was a million tiny little things. When you added them all up, they meant that we were supposed to be together. I can't even say this with a straight face. <laughs> And I knew it. I knew it the, the first time that I touched her. It was like coming home to a home I'd never, I'd, I'd never known or I'd ever known. I was just taking her hand to help get her out of the car, and I knew it. It was like magic. Sleepless in Seattle, right? 27 dresses. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love means slowly losing your mind. Amen. <laughs> the Princess Diaries, why me? Because you saw me when I was invisible. 
Can you even say that with a straight face? Oh, my goodness. This is one of my favorite. Any man has a chance to sweep any woman off her feet. He just needs the right broom. Hitch. Holla. Okay. 16 candles. That's why they call them crushes. If they were easy, they would call them something else. You want the moon? Just say the word, and I'll throw a lasso around it, and I will pull it down. It's a wonderful life. When you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. When Harry met Sally. The Notebook. Full disclosure, I have never seen this movie. (laughs) No matter what happens to us, every day with you is the best day of my life. I'm giving these to my wife going, are these really, because I'm finding this stuff online. Is this legit? She's just, you've not seen The Notebook? No, I haven't. You'll know this one. Don't forget, I'm also just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her, Notting Hill. And probably the most famous and kind of the title for today's message is Jerry Maguire, You Complete Me. Now, I'm not recommending you watch these movies. I'm not recommending any of these movies. Don't email me about these movies. I just simply, these are top 10 rom-com quotes. Relationships, though, when we talk about relationships, as we're talking about today, they're like, I, I do this a lot in premarital counseling. It's like a cup. Your life is like a cup. This is you. And you get to choose what you put in this cup. You get to choose what you fill the cup of your life with. So this is you. This is your life. You, you don't really, you're, everybody's different capacities. Everybody's different size. But you get to choose what you fill that cup with. And many times what people do in life is they'll fill that cup with with fame or fortune or the chasing of, money, accolades, achievements, jobs, careers, hopes, dreams, maybe their relationship with Jesus Christ, other people, money, whatever it may be, you get to choose. You're a free moral agent. You can do whatever you want to do. I tell my kids, you can do anything you want to do, you just can't do everything. You can go anywhere, but you just can't go everywhere. You're you're limited by time and space. So what is it that you want? What is it that you want to put into the cup of your life? And here's what a lot of people do. They put into the cup of their life what they're going to put in, and then they look for someone that will complete them. They look for someone that will fill them. They look for someone that that will just kind of bring everything together. And according to Scripture, that's not how it works. Yes, you have a cup of life. Yes, this is your life. Yes, you get to choose all of that. But what you put in this makes all the difference in the world. What you fill your life with, the pursuits that you have in your life, what you're pursuing, what you're filling your cup of your life with will determine a lot more about you and the trajectory of your life and also whom you're going to marry and how that relationship is going to go. So in our world, two halves, two half cups poured together make one whole. But in God's world, I'm going to show you today that two halves don't make a whole, it's two holes that come together to create one. That two full cups come together to create one full cup. And so I I, want to ask you the question at the very beginning of this message today is, what do you fill the cup of your life with? What are you filling the cup of your life with? First statement today, the only one who completes you is Christ. The only person that can complete you is Jesus. I know that sounds like a Sunday morning answer, but it's so true. Jerry Maguire could never be so wrong as he, as he's, when he makes a statement, you complete me. But unfortunately, many, many people buy into this lie and this idea that someone else will complete them. Even Christians. 
you know, I'm serving God, I've got my life together, I've got my career, I'm going, I just need this person to kind of complete everything. Not according to Scripture. I, I'm, I'm going along and I'm doing this and this, and if I could just have, be married, I would just be complete. Not according to Scripture. That doesn't hold any theological water. Colossians chapter 2, and I'm just going to give you some scriptures throughout today. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 says this, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in the human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ. What completes you? Jesus. You and I are sinners in need of a Savior, and his name is Jesus. Now, if you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ, you, you, you believe that. You've confessed with your mouth, you believe in your heart that Jesus is who the Bible says that he is, that you're a sinner and that you're in need of a Savior, and he is your salvation. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. So you, you believe that, but sometimes we, til- we still go back and go, what am I filling the cup of my life with? Am I filling it with Christ? Is it like a third of Christ and like, you know, like maybe a, a third of my job and then maybe there's another third that's just kind of like, you know, some things I want to do. It's not really Jesus. It's not really sin. Maybe it is. I don't really want to talk about it. What do you fill your cup of your life with? In our culture, there's so many conflicting messages. There's you can't be happy without a soulmate. You, you got to find that soulmate. I mean, every, every rom-com, I laugh because they're so funny. Every, every romantic comedy, it's just this, I'm trying to find somebody. I'm trying to find love. Every, every it's just, it, you, you're, the, even sometimes in the church, you're not complete. The church's message is you're not complete until you're married, which is not the case. Again, that holds no theological water. I'm going to um, unpack that in a minute. Or maybe you're broken beyond repair. The reason why you're single, the reason why you don't have healthy relationships is you're just broken and there's no way to repair you. The key is what you fill the cup of your life with. The key is what you fill the cup of your life with. I cannot fill the cup of my life with my kids because they're going to grow up and leave. I can't fill the cup of my life with my job because one day I'm going to retire. Everybody's in transition. You realize that. Everybody is in transition. If this world keeps spinning and we keep living, there's an amount of time when you retire, I retire, we all won't be sitting in the same place. I can't fill it with money because, man, it's here today and gone tomorrow. I can't fill it with the certainty of any part of this world because there is no thing that's certain. If one thing that we learned in COVID, we learned this, we have no control. Anything can happen in your world and in my world that's beyond our control. And in doing so, we can completely find ourselves in a situation where we are at the mercy of things beyond us. That shouldn't be a surprise as Christ followers. That's the reason why we look to the Lord who's, who is always in control because we know that we're not in control. But sometimes we think, you know, Lord, we know you're in control, but yet we're going to help you out a little bit. Fill the cup of our life with that, right? In order to be biblically correct, and to do it the way God, the creator, created you and I to do, the cup of our life has to be filled with Jesus. That's what Colossians says, that we are made complete in him. And then once that cup of my life is filled with Christ, when he's my number one, then my number two can be my spouse. But my spouse cannot be my number one. Let me say that again. Your spouse cannot be your number one. 
I'm not Tammy's number one. I know I am like dashingly good looks and great personality and just have so much talent and ability. It's not even funny. But her number one has to be a relationship with Christ. And my number one has to be my relationship with Christ. Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these other things shall be added unto you. We go, oh, yeah, amen, that's good. I do that, and we write that card down, and we memorize that, and we teach our kids that. You put Christ first in your life. But the truth of the matter is, are you living that in your own life? Because the deal is, if I love God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, I'll be able to love my neighbor as I love myself. But if I don't have this right, then these horizontal relationships, beginning with my spouse, are not going to be correct. Because my spouse can't complete me. Number one, it is, it is not even healthy for me to put that on someone else because they're a broken individual just like I am. They're flawed and failed just like I am. They're imperfect just like I am. They will fail me just like I will fail them. Why? Because we're incomplete. But when two whole people that are whole in Christ and are, full and, 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 are, and are full of Jesus come together, then those two make one. And two flesh come together and they make one flesh. That's what the book of Genesis talks about. That's what the, the, the Mosaic Covenant and the Old Testament talks about. That's what Jesus talks about. It, it's, it's this whole idea. It's this whole understanding of we come together and we become one through him. But the only way that happens is if I put him first and my spouse second. And then my kids become third. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in an upcoming message. But it's about him first. That's the correct way to do that because a spouse doesn't have the ability. A spouse is finite. If you ever talk to someone who's gone through the unfortunate feeling and experience of losing a spouse... It's, this, is, this is the flaw, the fallen world in which we live in. And so if all of your cup of your life is filled with someone else, when that person is gone, you're empty. But when it's with Christ, even when that person is gone, yes, there's sorrow. Yes, there's grief. Yes, there's parting. Yes, there are emotions and feelings of emptiness. But you know you have this hope. Paul says, that we mourn and we grieve differently than those that don't have a hope. Why? Because our hope is built upon Christ. Not upon a church, not upon a pastor. It's a good time to say amen. It is. That's healthy. That's healthy, right? You don't ever, uh, whatever. Um, not, not, upon, not upon anything else. Not upon anyone else. Not upon your kids. How many people have I seen that they've put their hope in their kids and their kids have disappointed or something's happened and they're broken? This is a harsh talk, Aaron. Yeah, that's why I started with the funny stuff because it, it's kind of one of those things, but it's the truth. And, and the truth is, is that when we do it this way, we are most fulfilled. So let me go to the second statement. Marriage is not your purpose in life. Marriage is not your purpose in life. Your purpose can't be, I'm just, my purpose on this earth is to be married. Okay, <laughs> let me explain this. As far as we know, John the Baptist, the Apostle Paul, Mary, Martha, and Jesus himself were just a few of the people in the Bible that were not married. The purpose has got to be more than your marriage. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7 and 8, Paul says, I wish that all were as myself, but each has his own gift from God. 
one of one kind and one of another. Verse 8. To the unmarried and to the widows, I say it is good for them to remain single as I am. Verse 35, Paul says, I say this not for your own benefit, not to lay restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. Paul explains, hey, in this whole passage, that, that this ideology, this, this idea of being single is not a reproach. It's, it's, it's not a bad thing. It, it's a gift. Now, if you, it's better to, to marry than to burn, he says. So let me explain that to you. If you're just going to go and you're going to have sexual activity uh, outside the realm of marriage and you, you can't remain celibate, then you need to go get married. That's better for you to marry than for you to, for you to live in sin. Because sex outside of a relationship, a husband and a wife, a man and a woman, outside of, outside of how God ordained it, is sin. And again, sex inside of that relationship is beneficial. It's kind of like a fire. If you put a fire in a fireplace, it's nice. It's warm. It's, it, it provides heat. It provides warmth. There's an ambience to it. It's very life-giving. A lot of fire in the middle of this room, it becomes very destructive very quickly. Same fire, same components, same chemical makeup. Same attributes, but one is in its proper place and one is not. And when it's in its proper place, it's life-giving. When it's not in its proper place, it's destructive. And so the truth of the matter is, is that that Paul says, look, if, if you can't navigate life being single, then go get married. But for some of you, there's a gift that you have. That you have this ability because the truth of the matter is, is that when you are single, you have the ability to be able to go where God wants you to go and do what God wants you to do and say what God wants you to say. You are not, you're not obligated. You're not committed. You don't have to think about anyone else but yourself. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a wrong thing. And so that being said, therefore, purpose in life can't be that I'm just married. Our purpose in life is, is to live a life that's an undivided devotion to Jesus. Again, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these other things shall be added unto you. Marriage doesn't complete you. Even a Christian marriage doesn't complete you. Christ does. There is no place in scripture where it says that marriage is what completes you. If what marriage completed every individual, then then Jesus would have been married. Paul would have never said, hey, it's okay, or this is actually a gift. We wouldn't have any of these examples in scripture, but rather we do. We have these examples because there are some people that are called to a life of celibacy. There are some people that are called to a life of singleness. And if that's your calling, great. Most of you will not be called to that. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's no hierarchy in that. It's just a different grace that's given. That's all it is. So the essence is marriage is not my purpose. Marriage cannot be the thing that completes me. Third statement. If you want to find the right one, you must become the right one. If you want to find the right one, Mr. Wright, Miss Wright, you want to become the right one. Become the type of person that you're looking, that, excuse me, become the type of person that the person you're looking for is looking for. Does that make sense at all? Kind of like a term on a yo-yo, all right? Become the kind of person that the type of person that you're looking for is. That's, you, you, you become the right person. What do you mean? It goes back to the cup of my life. What am I filling the cup of my life with? If the cup of my life is filled full of Christ, so what I would say to you is that that becomes attractive to someone else who says, hey, man, I want to be married, and I want to marry someone who is fully in love with Jesus, who is a Christ follower, and who is living their life for him. 
So I'm not looking for someone who is pursuing money. I'm not looking for someone who's pursuing fame. I'm not looking for someone who's pursuing this, that, and the other. I'm looking for someone who is in full pursuit of Christ. Because when they have their eyes upon him, if the Bible's right, and we believe that it is, when they seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all the other other things in their life shall be added unto them. And so if I find someone who their complete life is full of Jesus, man. Now, I'm not saying, let me stop here because I could just, I'm kind of having a thought. I'm not saying don't find the most spiritual acting person. I've seen this happen at church. Oh, I just love how he raises his hands in worship. I just love how he just worships the Lord. <laughs> I, I just, when he prays, it's just, there's so many these and thous and shouts and shout nots and just, oh. Go watch Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? That's what, you need some Shakespeare. You're not, you're not, that's not Jesus. That's just you being attracted. Don't, well, she just seems like she's just, oh, look at the track record. Look at the track record. Like I tell this to young, young getting married. Have y'all checked each other's credit report? <laughs> Woo, girl, we're getting into it this morning, aren't we? You need to find out the history here. This is a shared state. His debt becomes your debt. Well, you see what happened was, don't make excuses, <laughs> right? With the relationships, what's going on? If it's always somebody else's fault, if John's got a problem with Sally, John's got a problem with Sarah, John's got a problem with Susie, John's got a problem. Just saying, I'm, you, can, you, can, you can dress up however you want to. Oh, I know he hasn't been in church long, but he, his, his relationship isn't long with the Lord, but it's deep. It's going to take a little while. It's going to take a little while for it to be deep. Give it a little bit of time, right? Rome was not built in a day. Just give it a little bit of time. Just In order for you to find the right one, you've got to be the right one. And if you're in a place today and you're like, man, I'm single, and maybe you're a kid in high school and you're like, I have, you have no intention of getting married and nor should you until you get a college degree and a master's degree and then work on your doctorate, then we'll have that conversation, right? <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, is that you can do this right where you are. Because if your cup of your life is filled with Jesus and it's right, I'm just telling you, it'll be highly attractive to people that are the same. Law of attraction, you attract to him what you are. You're a loser, you're going to attract a loser. Just the way it works. I mean, I know a a blind squirrel gets a nut every once in a while, but not very often, right? (laughs) I've got these all day long, folks. (laughs) So how do I make sure I'm the right one? First of all, make sure your security is in Christ. Make sure that your security is in Christ. Psalm 16, verse 8. It says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand and I will not be shaken. Insecure people need more and settle for less. Let me say that again. Insecure people need more and they settle for less. Secure people need less and they expect more. You want to find the right one, you be the right one. Make sure your security is in Christ. What does that mean? That means I don't need anyone else to complete me. I'm fine in Jesus And if God wants me to be with someone, he will bring that person into my life. I don't have to scratch for it. I don't have to look for it. I don't have to make it happen. I don't have to put out a sign. It will come my way. You don't have to be at the right place at the right time. 
I can go through example after example after example in Scripture of people who were at the wrong place and God put them to the right place. Most examples of major characters that we have in the Old Testament were at the wrong place and God brought them to the right place. By the wrong place, I mean they were not, David was tending the sheep when, when Samuel came and said, I've come to anoint the next king of Israel. Joseph was, was in the prison and no one knew him when he was brought before Pharaoh and became second in command of Egypt within a 24-hour time period. You don't have to be at the right place at the right time to meet the right person. What you do have to do is make sure that your security is found in Christ. Secondly, that you have strong character. This is something you control, strong character. I love what Paul tells young Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. He says, let no one despise you for your youth, but set an example in speech and in conduct and in love and in faith and in purity. In every area of your life, show strong character. Live well in your conduct. Live well in your speech. Live well in your love. Live well in your faith. Live well in your purity. Live it out. We have a world that wants to talk, and talk is so, so cheap, but we buy it. Look at the life. Look at how they're living their life. Look at what they've done. Future behavior is best indicated by past behavior. Now, whoa, but Aaron, man, I had a really terrible past. I gave my life to Christ. That's right. You did a 180. You gave your life to Christ. Now let's see that difference. Let's see that time. Let's see that repentance. Let's see that lifestyle played out a little while because that's what shows us. Don't jump from this to that. No, 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 no. God never walks or operates in leaps. It's always steps. There's always a pathway. And the third thing is be planted in community. You want to be the right one? So be secure in Christ, strong in character, but be planted in community. Proverbs 13, 20 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Who are they with? What community are they in? Who are they in relationship with? The strength of your community will shape the quality of your marriage. Are you in a community that's on mission together? Life Church exists to lead people to experience life change in Jesus. That's a good community to be a part of. And so the truth of the matter is, is if the community they're planted in is a local bar, guess what? It's lottery, baby. No one ever goes, hey, let me give you some great, great retirement advice. Take all the money that you've saved in your lifetime and go buy a lottery ticket. That's horrible advice. Is somebody going to win? Yeah. The probability of you winning is very, very, very small. But how many times do we go, well, but there, I'm, this is the right one. And you just don't understand. No, I don't understand. Again, let me say this too. <laughs> it doesn't make sense because it doesn't make sense. That's why it doesn't make sense. Does that make sense? <laughs> no. Find someone that's rooted. If, it, if it's rooted in, in this or that or wherever, wherever the community is. Find someone that's rooted and has a relationship with the Lord who is full of, of Jesus. And, and you, where are you, where are you planted? Young adult, well, I'm at this group over here for a while, and I'm going to be at this group over here for a while, and be at this old group over here for a while. Yeah, that's not planted. That's transplanted. Try transplanting a plant. It doesn't last very long. Its root systems don't go deep. Find a place. 
that you feel like you're supposed to be and be planted in the house of the Lord, the Bible says. The Bible says when we're planted in the house of the Lord, we will flourish. God will bring those people to you. God will bring those people to you. Cup of your life. What's it feel with today? Because a person can't complete you. Only Jesus can. You can fill your life with another person and you're going to come up empty. Because even though they love you and even though they want to be with you and even though they're, man, they are so good looking, they are not going to be able to measure up to the needs that you have. Because you as a creation and I as a creation have been created by the creator to have a need for love that is unconditional and no other person can give you that. Only Christ. For God so loved you. That word so means without strings, without condition. There's something that's hardwired into your genetic coding that you in a spiritual and an emotional and down deep in your soul, you need to, for someone to know who you really are and love you to know all of your dirty laundry and accept you, to know all of your sin and all of your guilt and all of your shame, that you can say, here, take this. Another human being can't do that. A spouse cannot take your guilt away. A spouse cannot take your shame away. A spouse cannot take your sins away. Only Jesus can do that. Another person doesn't have the ability to carry your baggage and their baggage. I don't care how good they are. Only Christ. So what's the cup of your life filled with today? Are you dating someone whose cup of their life is filled full of Jesus or no? And as a married person, is the cup of your life today still just filled with Jesus? The greatest way you're going to have the most fulfilled life and marriage on this planet. He's gotta be first, they're second. The kids are third. Because the kids are a product of your affection, not the object of your affection. The object of your affection is your spouse. Christ, your spouse, your children. What's the cup of your life filled with today? Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? Lord, I just thank you today for your word. And I know we've laughed about some things and I know that we've, we've had a, a good conversation about some things, but I just pray that in these few moments that you would just speak to our hearts as we ask ourselves our own question. Who am I? How am I? What's the cup of my life filled with? And I just pray today that if you're not completely full in us, Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts. We repent. We ask you to forgive us, Lord, and to fill our hearts and our lives full of you. And out of that love that you have for us and the completion that we have in you and the wholeness that we have in you, then we're truly able to love one another, our spouse, our kids, our family, our friends, our world. Don't let the lie of the enemy where it's all about me or all about me and my spouse, all about me and my spouse and my kids and my family. Don't let us 
don't let us, don't let us sacrifice the life that you've got for us on the altar of family. Help us today to come bring it to you because we love our spouses, we love our kids, we love our family, but they are just like us. They're fallen and they don't have the ability to complete or so to make us whole. You're the only one that can do that, Lord. So we bring it to you. And out of that, we're able to love and be whole for our family, for our spouses, for our kids, and to serve our world. Help us not to get, the, get it inverted, not to get it upside down, but to do it your way. Speak to our hearts in these next few moments. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.